by the time you hear this podcast, you wish all restaurants never had a dress code. Do you like Phil Collins? I've been a big Genesis fan ever since the release of their 1980 album, Duke. Before that, I really didn't understand any of their work. It was too artsy, too intellectual. It was on Duke where uh, Phil Collins' presence became more apparent. I think Invisible Touch is the group's undisputed masterpiece. It's an epic meditation on intangibility. At the same time, it deepens and enriches the meaning of the preceding three albums. Christy, take off the road. Listen to the brilliant ensemble playing of Banks, Collins, and Rutherford. You can practically hear every nuance of every instrument. Sabrina, remove your dress. In terms of lyrical craftsmanship, sheer songwriting, this album hits a new peak of professionalism. Sabrina, why don't you uh, dance a little? Take the lyrics to Land of Confusion. In this song, Phil Collins addresses the problems of abusive political authority. In Too Deep, is the most moving pop song of the 1980s about monogamy and commitment. The song is extremely uplifting. Their lyrics are as positive and affirmative as uh, anything I've heard in rock. Christy, get down on your knees so Sabrina can see your asshole. Phil Collins' solo career seems to be more commercial and therefore more satisfying in a narrower way. Especially songs like In the Air Tonight and uh, Against All Odds. Sabrina, don't just stare at it, eat it. But I also think Phil Collins works best within the confines of the group than as a solo artist. And I stress the word, artist. This is Susudio, a great, great song, personal favorite. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with another episode. Finally, we took about two months off. Has it really been? Yeah. I guess, yes, the end of November. Huh. We're uh, going until November. <laughs> 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 oh, oh man all right <laughs> happy early thanksgiving guys <laughs> um thank you to everyone who's listened so far and have been patiently waiting for the next episode to come out um all two of you uh <laughs> more like two million <sighs> that's right that's right Two million down. I don't know how many downloads we had. Right? <laughs> we had. I know we were past like. I think we had at least. Uh, we have at least fifty thousand, maybe bad. more. Not bad. Um, so, uh, anyone who wants us to sponsor their uh, meal delivery service mm-hmm. or their uh, their socks, their, their gentlemen's grooming products, mm-hmm. come come see us. Yep. 
We say our we put our email in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all don't y'all don't email us, man. How come they don't email us, man? <laughs> How come you don't want me? All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we're back with episode uh what number are we on? Really high. Um See if I can. One sixteen. One sixteen. Wow. Yeah. Wow. As Owen Wilson would say. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, let's see. What is the significance of the number one sixteen? So there is. <laughs> this is funny. The one sixteen click, an American Southern Christian hip hop collective from Dallas, Texas. Okay. That's the first thing I see when I when I type in one sixteen. All right. Um that was when you Google one sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um And they have a really cool logo where they wrote like one one and then they read out six. Oh. Yeah, they're creative. <laughs> um let's see what we got here. There is one sixteenth street in Manhattan. Uh there Along with the 116 click, there is the 116th Street crew. Nice. Uh, which is um, a mafia crew. <laughs> um, oh, wow. So this is hilarious. This is the 116th United States Congress. Oh. That is the current con- Congress. So this is the, um, the, I guess this means we're not going to get anything done. <laughs> is, that, is, that too, is that too soon? Uh, 116th Street in... Manhattan runs from Riverside Drive overlooking the Hudson River to the East River uh, into Manhattan. And it traverses the neighborhoods of Morningside Heights, Harlem, and Spanish Harlem. Spanish Harlem. Oh, that's a real thing? Yeah, I that's a they, real neighborhood. I thought they made that up for the Santana <laughs> song. Spanish Harlem really did. And that song is, as of, I think it was Saturday, was 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, let it sink in, man. There, there. You know, I I feel that I'm getting older by seeing like anytime I hear about some some athlete's son. Yeah, playing, I like, saw that. LeBron James and Dwayne Wade's sons are on the same high school basketball team. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, I saw a video of. Remember Dewan Wagner? Yes, I do. Yeah, you got a kid too. Yeah, his son is like a freshman in high school. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I, I work with now a lot of people um, who are much, much younger than me, and this is the story I've been telling people. Um, so there was a girl, uh, a girl in my class who I think she's like 21 maybe, and um, she's from California, and I was just humming, you know, Don't Speak. And she's like, oh, what song is that? I'm like, oh, that's No Doubt. They're a California band. I was like, do you know them? She goes, no, I, I don't know them. I was like, wow, they had one of the biggest albums of the 90s. Not thinking she was probably born in the latter half of the 90s. She not know this album. And then I was like, well, wait, do you know Gwen Stefani? She goes, oh, my God, I love Gwen Stefani. I did her songs in the talent show. <laughs> and that blew me. I was like, wow, you were young enough to do Gwen Stefani, probably in your middle school talent show. <laughs> and she was like, wow, is that the band that gave her her big break? And I was... That's when I kind of stopped <laughs> discussing. But then this is the same this is the same girl 
who for so, well probably because of her father knows like all of these early '90s movies because apparently she was named after a character from Higher Learning. <laughs> What's her name? You can guess. <laughs> Wait, hold on. The name that they scream. <laughs> but she knows all these old movies, but she don't know the music. <laughs> um. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because, but she knows that oh, song. She knows right. the Ralph, the Raphael Sadiq song when he says it at the end. She's like, "Yeah, I, that's what I was named after." <laughs> it's like, "What your dad really likes that movie or something?" <laughs> no, that's what your mom and dad were listening to. And, uh, hey, you were conceived. Oh All yeah. Right. <laughs> I had to go back. I was like, "It's been a minute." It's like, "Oh, her character. Got it." <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the movie. I don't know if you really can for anybody at this point. It's been like no. it's almost thirty years. Yeah. No, well. 25, almost 25. Close enough. Close Rest in enough. peace, John Singleton. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Big break. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they took a chance on an unknown singer named Gwen Stefani. <laughs> yeah, her own brother. Her own brother took yep. a chance. Anyway. Next thing you know, she's married to Blake Shelton. <laughs> Life is great. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Um, I, how, I, it's been a how do we? How did we start the show again? Uh, we normally gave all the information about how people oh, yeah. can listen to us and stuff. Um, <laughs> but then I re- I listened to a couple of past episodes. Like we're our, we're at ten minutes now. Yeah, because so. we be having fun. <laughs> um, and we haven't seen each other in a while either. It's been a yeah. minute. It's, it's been a minute. Hey y'all, read the show description, man. Read the show description and you'll know how to find us. At this point, if you're 116 episodes in and you don't know how to find us, if this is your first episode. Go and listen to the last one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe every other episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so let's let's just get into this, man. Uh, so, the Grammys uh, Those are things. coming up, and the Grammy nominees came out. We're not going to go through all the categories, no. but uh, you know we got to go through the big uh, the big four, or is it five? It's uh, four, five. It is five. Well, one it, of them is kind of big, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's start with. Um, let's just go in order by the, how they have it here. Let's look at, at the general field. Uh, the big. Those are the big four there, mm-hmm. uh, or five. Whatever. You know what we mean. Yeah, and if you don't, tough. <laughs> so we got. Um, <laughs> we got a record of the year. Uh, hey Ma by Bonnie Vare. I've never heard this song. Nor have I. Didn't even know he was making an album. Uh, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 a 2019 Royals. I could see that. I could see that. that. That's what. That's the first thing I thought of. Um, Seven Rings. People might riot if this one wins. I think there was a lot of hate because of the supposed Soldier Boy ripoff, and yeah. <clears throat> I don't and, mind it though. It's not a bad song. Even though uh was it Rodgers and Hammerstein or who who wrote Sound of Music? Um I think Rodgers and Hammerstein. Um they 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 getting her on those royalties though. <laughs> um num uh what else we got? Uh Hard Place by Her. I haven't heard this song. I, I didn't know she was had any new news, new music either. Yeah, I got to listen to her more. She gets a lot of respect in the R&B community and I just I need to check her out. Uh Talk by Khalid. This should win. This album is great. I don't know. Well, when we get to that category, I'll talk about it. But this is a great song. Uh, the song that dominated the summer. 
and the spring, uh, Old Town Road, <laughs> Lil Nas X, and Billy Ray Cyrus. What do you think happens if this song doesn't win? Who can, which group complains first? Um, and I hate to go there, but there's going to be some hate if this song doesn't win. I don't know. And I don't think it's going to win. I'm just being frank. I don't, I don't think, think it's, it's going to win, win either. And so I'm just curious what happens when it doesn't win. Who gets the, who gets most upset? Uh, <clears throat> uh, the the country fans that abandoned <laughs> it as a country song to begin with. I would say it's them. They don't like country. They'll never <laughs> let it win a major award. And it's just uh, like, yeah. what's his name? Um, y'all had Taylor Swift. What's Shut that up. guy's name that that won and nobody knew who he was? <laughs> the country singer Sturgeon Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill Simpson would like to have a word with you. <laughs> Uh, Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Uh, Very curious about that one, too. <laughs> and Sunflower by Post Malone and Sway Lee from the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. Yeah. Are we prepared to call him Grammy Award winning Post Malone? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, well, you know, I'm surprised that uh, Beer Bongs and Bit, well, we haven't gotten there yet. But yeah. it's not on. It's not. It's yeah. not in this category either, which is surprising to me. Yeah. So, uh, album of the year. Now remember, guys, record of the year goes to the artists, producers, and engineers. So if you were on the session, if you're on the session, <laughs> then it win. wins. You you win a Grammy. <laughs> uh, album of the year. So, um, I I by Bon Iver. I, I again I didn't know that he had new music. <laughs> uh Norman Bleeping Rockwell. It's Norman <laughs> fucking Rockwell. Okay. Lana Del Rey. Um When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Billie Eilish. Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. Um I Used to Know Her by Her. Seven by Lil Nas X. Cause I Love You by Lizzo. <laughs> and Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend. There you go, hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> you got one. So, if I uh, if history repeats itself, that's your winner. <laughs> if history repeats itself, <laughs> that's your winner. And they'll close the they'll close the show, and everyone will go to sleep. <laughs> it's like Vampire. What? I'm sorry. I don't watch the CW. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what? What's your pick right now for record of the year? Let's go back. Your your pick for that one. Uh, <clears throat> considering uh, you maybe only heard five of these songs. <laughs> I'm going to go with, so what I want to win is Talk by Khalid. Um, Truth Hurts, I believe, will be the winner. That song had so much momentum this year, and she got respect from all the right people. Yeah. Um, interesting thing about Talk. Uh, that's a really slow song for Disclosure to be making. <laughs> I didn't even know it was them at first, but when I saw that they were the producers, it's like, that's that synth. They love that type of synth. They're British, right? Yeah. yeah it shows. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Disclosure. It was cool to hear them. I, I do like, though, the fact that they don't always put themselves out there. Like, they're just like, yeah, you know, we're... We're here, but you know, 
Yeah, they they try to let the artist artists shine when they can, and they give us Sam Smith. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> album of the year. What are you thinking here? Even though we, I haven't listened to any, anything from Bonnie Vare or Lana Del Rey, I haven't heard any other song from Billie Eilish. Um, and Vampire Weekend, I didn't know they were still. Yeah, me like, either. What do you think of like the when these albums are nominated and not something like, um, what were some big albums that came out this year? Um. I don't. I can't think of them right now. The one that really that gets me. Oh wow! I didn't know it was from El Paso. Is the Khalid album, and I cannot remember the name of it. It's um. It's not American Teen, even though that got some nominees nominations as well. Um, but the one that why can I think of the name? Not Sun. Yeah, Sun City. Am I thinking of the right album? No, that's his EP. Free Spirit. <clears throat> Free Spirit. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly I'm surprised. Free. Like I've I've listened to Free Spirit. Cover to cover, great album, really great fucking album. I'm surprised that didn't get. That's nowhere on there. Had a great collaboration with John Mayer. Several really good singles. Talk being one of them. Um, Better being the other one with an awesome talk box solo. <laughs> but it's nowhere to be found on there. So I think uh, honestly, I'm thinking once again, Lizzo might win that album. Um, I feel like she was crowned at the midway point of the year, where many publications were saying she had the best album released that whole year. Um, I wouldn't mind Thank You Next winning. I think it's about time. Um, Ariana Grande got an Album of the Year nomination. I just wish it wasn't this album. Like, I wish it was um, Dangerous Woman. That was a much better record. This is a good record, too. But, like, why would you nominate her? If they, if she, if they give her this, it's a makeup award. This is a makeup nomination. She should have been nominated. Her last two albums should have been nominated for Album of the Year. This is the weakest since her first album, I think. And I was saying that uh, <laughs> Beer Bongs and Bentley should have been nominated for Album of the Year. Yeah. It was actually nominated for Album of the Year last, last year. year. He's so, releasing so much stuff so it, fast. I, yeah. I thought Stoney would have been nominated last year. Yeah. But um, so much has come out. Um, but looking at this field, like. Oh, another album uh, that that I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking at this kind of thinking of the snub still. Um, yeah. World. <laughs> Very, yep, surprised that didn't get nominated. I'm surprised as much fanfare as Taylor Swift's album got that it didn't get nominated. She got nominated for an. It might that it might have been after the deadline. Oh, okay. The single might have made the deadline. The, and album, the album did didn't. not. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm very surprised that didn't. I'm trying to remember because that's the one thing I don't like about this society we live in now, where it's like it's strictly a. Um, <clears throat> it is strictly a singles based society yeah versus album so like you never can tell when the album came out versus when the single came out and like i'm sitting here trying to think like did drake put out anything this year but drake never gets nominated because he took his stuff out of contention well scorpion was nominated last year it was okay but it it had no chance um i guess to casey musgraves (laughs) (laughs) see and that's the one that i think is gonna that's why i think it could be Vampire Weekend just out of nowhere yeah. or Bon Iver. Like, no one saw um, Casey Musgraves winning album of the year, including her. <laughs> like, nobody saw it, but it was that album that got a lot of respect, which is also why I think it could be Lizzo. So, I don't see any, I don't see a runaway here. Um, I didn't think of any other 
albums that may have been snubbed. We'll probably get more into it when we get a little into these other categories. Yeah. Let's get to song of the year. Uh, Always Remember Us This Way by Lady Gaga. Um, Is that from the Star is Born soundtrack? I I have honestly no idea. I've never heard this song. I don't know. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Yes, it is. Okay. Then I wonder... If it came out, Hillary Lindsay, she's from, what is she from? Uh, Hillary Lindsay um, is, she's from Little Washington, Big Town. Georgia. No, I'm trying to think of what group she's in, though. She's in a group. It might be. Um, no, she's not in a group. Oh, I thought she was in a group. She's a songwriter. Um, she Jesus wrote, the she wrote, wrote a, <laughs> yeah, Jesus Take the Wheel. Girl Crush, which is a great song that country music art fans did not like. Little Big Town, man, they're <laughs> they're a daring group. Um, yeah, Star is Born. So then was Shallow, was that nominated last year, Song of the Year? Because I figured Shallow would be in there. Um, let's see if it is. Like I really uh, thought that. No, it's not. So how is the bigger song for, Okay. No, wait. Shallow was nominated last year. That's what I... Okay, I was trying to remember. How is another song from the same film eligible for the next year? Maybe it came out too late. I don't know. Uh, Grammys are weird. Grammys are weird. Um, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. <laughs> uh, Bring My Flowers Now by Tanya Tucker, co-written by Brandy Carlisle. Hard Place by Her. Uh, Rodney Jerkins strikes again. <laughs> uh, Lover by Taylor Swift Norman fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey co-written by Jack Antonoff that's kind of cool actually Someone You Loved by Louis Capaldi and Truth Hurts by Lizzo so that is the song of the year that goes to the songwriters you know it's funny and this is just going to go to what I'm going to talk about later of all these songs, there's only one song with one writer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. One song with one writer. Maybe she wins to prove to make a point. <laughs> because if you think about like think about when single ladies won. Yeah, they had like eight. Think people. of all the people that came on stage. <laughs> I'm like, they did not take eight people to write those lyrics. Man. Eight people on that stage. Oh boy. That's I'm, and honestly, I might go back and research this. When was the last time we had a song of the year with one writer? <laughs> uh, I'm going to look right now. Was it what a full belief? Well, no, because that was him and Ken, um, Kenny Loggins. Song of the year and the winner. And it was one writer. Yeah. Okay. One person. I'm trying to think when. Uh, I'm, I'm Okay. Rehab. Amy Winehouse. Was that just Amy Winehouse by herself? That was Amy by herself. Okay. How long ago was that? That was 2008. God, that's um, over 10 years ago. And before that, <clears throat> Daughters. <laughs> <laughs> and then you still had people that year saying he shouldn't have won. <laughs> she might win that. That Oh, man, yeah, she might win to prove a point. She might win. And it's the most of these of all these songs – if we're just being Wait, real, how many writers did the single ladies have? That, well, it, single ladies had four, but that's what I like. Had 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Jesus. Half of that was a sneezing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, she, I, I could see her winning just to make a point. Oh, and uh I didn't know he got he got credit. Um for last year the song of the year was This Is America. Mm-hmm. Uh we can call him Grammy Award winner Young Thug. Hmm. He is he is a songwriter on that. Hmm. That's why it sounded like Young Thug. People were saying he's kinda sound like Young Thug on that song, and that makes sense. Yeah. He was writing for him. <laughs> um Let's look at Best New Artist. We've got Black Pumas, Billie Eilish, Lil Nas X, Lizzo, Mad- Maggie Rogers, Rosalia, Tank and the Bangas, and Yola. Interesting here that three of these artists are also nominated for Album of the Year and Song of the Year mm-hmm. and Record of the Year or however. But it's it's the new normally the new artists. Are they also in like the other general categories as well? I mean, Not I don't always. think you've seen it, it. That's what I'm saying. Like that's rare. Yeah. That three of these artists are also nominated for album of the year. Well, I mean, not to insult Billie Eilish, but Lil Nas X and Lizzo were forces this year. One of well, them yeah, set I mean, the record for the longest number single one single in of Billboard all time. history. Yeah, and the other one basically is leading a female you know, body, body positive empowered movement. So, and not trying to take away from anything that, you know, Lizzo has done. I don't think it's just because she was, you know, bold and, you know, didn't care what people thought. I didn't really care for Truth Hurts. I see the appeal of Truth Hurts, but the rest of the album's pretty good. Like, it's not a bad album. And Truth Hurts wasn't even really originally on this album. They just re-released it as a single and threw it on there. Well, yeah, because the album had been out for a while. Yeah, so... It's interesting. Have you heard of Rosalia, Tank and the Bangas, and Yola? I've heard of Tank and the Bangas. What are, what kind of group are they? Um, I don't know. I've seen the name before. I don't know their music, but I just that's the only name, only other name I recognized. Maggie Rogers. That sounds like uh, the newest country singer. I may be wrong. Uh, I'm just I, guessing. That's a fair guess. Tank and the Bangas won a contest. <clears throat> okay, they're funk, soul, hip hop, rock, spoken word. So they're just talented. Um, Maggie, what was her name? Maggie Rogers. Yeah, I, if she's if she's not, I'd be surprised if she's then not a she's she's a, a Faust ripoff, a Faust <laughs> ripoff. Excuse me. <clears throat> she is oh oh she's yeah pop art pop folk pop <laughs> instruments okay, vocals banjo guitar piano harp. Apparently, she doesn't work with Pharrell. Okay, yeah, she loved playing the music of Gustav Holtz. Holtz. So she's a classically trained. <laughs> all right, she's just all over the place. She's a okay. she's a hybrid. She grew up playing classical music, and her mother would play neo soul artists such as Erica Badu and Lauren Hill. This is her. So she just came up listening to everything. <laughs> okay. I a I'll give her as someone who came up listening to everything. I'll give her respect. Like that's that's good. Would you expect her mom? To be playing Erica Badu in the house. <laughs> She's cleaning up in the suburbs. That's your legend on color she is. In the suburbs. <laughs> playing some Erica Badu. You just wouldn't see it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, but Billie Eilish, Lil Nas X, or Lizzo, it's going to be their award. One of them is winning it. Yeah. 
Unless, you know, this is the year of making points and the Black Pumas win. Just because <laughs> we gave it to everyone else. So, <laughs> and, and we're also in a time where, like, artists aren't allowed to dominate an award ceremony. Unless it's, like, by pure stats, which is kind of the case with the Billboard Awards, to mm-hmm. me. And American Music Awards, because that's based on radio play and, and social media. And all the fans you have and all that stuff uh, is is factored into it. But the time, the years, like, like Thriller, Thriller won eight Grammys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauryn Hill won five Grammys in one night. So, Nora Jones won five. Yeah, Alicia Keys won four or five. Yeah, we don't see that that much anymore, though. No, it's like it's like you get you get one. <laughs> well, is this the <laughs> the participation trophies? <laughs> it's like everyone who's nominated gets one. Everybody gets, and it'll be for a category like I didn't think I was going to win when, in this category. Did Indyari get upset when she didn't win <laughs> anything, and Nora Jones won everything? And they're like, God, they could at least like you know spread them out. <laughs> And that and see, it's still avoid. They can't win. They can't. They can't win. Can't win either way. Yeah, if you spread them out, well, why are you spreading them out? I mean, this song was still better mm-hmm. than that one. And then if they somebody wins too many, it wasn't that good. It's gotta be the same person. Come on, God. It's not fair. Just oh, because she's Robbie Shanker's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> all right. Um, let's look at, uh, you want to look at albums or tracks? Let's just try to get through as many of these as we can. Um, well, I will say, um, I do think that, so best pop solo, I do think Ariana Grande will win that one. She seems to, she's always in that category. Um, I never knew, I was hoping she would break out of it, and she kind of did. Um, outside of that, there's, I don't, I mean I can't really think of much else where I, I don't know anything on here that you see that you really care for. I don't even know these rock bands. I'm looking at best rock performance. I don't even know these rock bands. I don't know these metal bands other than I Prevail who if we're just being honest, I Prevail did a bunch of pop covers. Never thought that they would be nominated, but now that I'm seeing that tools in there but you know what, though? Manor like speaks out against the Grammy, so they might not win. <laughs> who's the band that I thought every time they put out something, they're going to get nominated for a Grammy? I think it was a band like Megadeth or something. I know every time I Tool is always Tool, getting it. And, Tool, yeah. But it doesn't make sense because, like, Manor, James, well, he he won't go. He's spoken out against the Grammys. Well, they don't televise that award anyway. Yeah, like he spoke out Drake style. Like, he ain't going. Like, no. <laughs> And he knows he's not. The rock bands don't play. It's yeah. only like the the older bands or something that's yeah. gonna play. He knows he'll never he'll never get seen on TV. No, <laughs> accepting the award. <laughs> <laughs> like no, they're not gonna do that. <clears throat> so, um, looking at uh, best, um, yeah, I'm gonna skip all that. Okay, <laughs> best uh, rap album, I think. Or was it song? So there's best rap song, best rap song slash song performance, uh, best rap performance. I could see them giving that to Nipsey Hussle just because, you know, he he died. Um, And I guess I just drip too hard. I hope that doesn't win. Panini. This could be Lil Nas X's night. It really could. 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, the baby win. It would be if you want for best rap song. Um, best rap album. Uh, interesting that none of these. They're. What is little not? What is, what is little not? What is his album supposed to be? Because you don't. It's in. It's up for album of the year, but it's not in the. It's not in the pop category. It's not in the uh, uh, urban alternative category. Well, it's not in the rap category. They have him nominated for best rap, rap slash song category. And I'd be curious to see if they made another category for those albums. Because they, they seem to be gaining in popularity. And they don't quite fit in the R and B. Maybe they don't quite fit in the rap. It's it's so sing what rap. Is it? It's sing rap. They should listen to our episode <laughs> <laughs> that we did about this and make a make because clearly they have a singles category for it. So why not an album category? Well, I mean, how is little? How is his EP nominated for album of the year, but not best rap album? Because I don't think I like, they consider what, it a rap album. Like, Okay, is it pop? No, I really think they considered a rap song. They just they have not made the category yet to a, to address it because as that, we have seen, yeah. the Grammys are behind. They just they don't. It it takes them a while to catch up <laughs> to things. Like I'm surprised. I I'm surprised they have an alternative <laughs> an alternative category, and they're probably like, "What do we put in at Nirvana? Like they're dead. Like you know." It's like they don't know what to put in it. They, it. It takes them a while. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see within the next few years, you know, that category. Because clearly they understand that it that it's there. They understand that the genre exists. They're just slow. At least it's my opinion. They're just slow. Um, we're going to move to the uh, comedy Comedy album. this year. <laughs> we got Jim Gaffigan. Oh, I didn't know he did something this Ellen year. Ellen DeGeneres, Aziz Ansari, Trevor Noah, Dave Chappelle, Sticks and Stones. <laughs> oh, man. I wonder if that'll win. <laughs> have you seen Sticks and Stones? I have. Oh, man. I wonder if that'll win. <laughs> I think it, I, it probably will. I, I mean, that, that's, that's what, that would be my pick. I mean... He's Until they eat. give you another reason, a reason to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, music for visual media—that that's the kind of the genre here. Uh, best uh, compilation soundtrack for visual media. We've got the Lion King, uh, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Rocket Man, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I think is going to win, and A Star Is Born. So maybe shallow. Made last year's cut as a off, single, I guess, and a Star Is Born <laughs> made this year's because that's weird. Yeah, have uh, you seen the the new Lion King movie? No. Okay, neither have I, and I don't plan on it. <laughs> um, best song written for visual media. Um, we talked about "I'll Never Love Again" from A Star Is Born, the Ballad of Lonesome of the Lonesome Cowboy, sung by Chris Stapleton, but written by. Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Girl in the Movies from Dumplin'. 
I think that's a Netflix movie, I think. Um, Dolly Parton and Linda Perry wrote <laughs> Dolly, that song. I like Dolly Parton, man. <laughs> uh, Spirit from The Lion King. Uh, of course, it's Beyonce. But only two other songwriters, so it's not like eight people. Don't believe it. <laughs> well, it's only three listed. <laughs> and uh, Suspirium from the film Suspiria, written by Tom York. Never even heard of that movie. Neither have I. Um, one other, uh, they, they, I don't know if they did it this year or if it was, uh, how recent it was, but for the, they had, you remember the long form and the short form music video categories? Yeah. So it's just, uh, best music video and best music film. (laughs) So, uh, best music video, um, I, the only video I've seen on this list is the Old Town Road, um, but it's got we've got to try by the Chemical Brothers, This Land by Larry Clark Jr., Cellophane by FKA Twigs, and Glad He's Gone by Tovlo. And from Best Music Film, Homecoming from Beyonce, uh, Remember My Name by David Crosby, Birth of the Cool about Miles Davis, Shangri La. About the guess the group from the sixties and seventies and Anima or Anima or whatever, Tom York, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson barely worked on that one. Isn't he the one who does the funny movies? Um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, he's the one who did uh, the Budapest Grand Budapest. Is that him? That's Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Too many Andersons. Never. Mind. Paul Thomas <laughs> Anderson did. Uh, Boogie Nights and Magnolia. Uh, oh, Magnolia. Okay. I haven't seen Magnolia, but I, I heard some things about Magnolia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You've seen Magnolia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, producer of the year. Um, I know Jack Antonoff is one of the mm-hmm. nominees. There's also Dan Auerbach or Auerbach. He produced for the Black Keys, the and he's uh, in the Black Keys. Yola, who is a oh, he's in the Black Keys. Yeah, Dan okay. Arbeck's in the Black Keys. Okay, uh, so his own band's album, uh, <laughs> uh, Yola, which is one of the um, best new artist nominees. Um, John Hill, who worked on uh, worked with Khalid, Carly Rae Jepsen, uh, Khalid with John Mayer. Cage the Elephant, more Carly Rae Jepsen and Khalid, and Imagine Dragons. Uh, Phineas, who is only credit one is album, and they put him album. on this list. Album must be that good. <laughs> must be that good. I don't wow! Know. <laughs> only thing he did the whole year. He's like, that's all I had to do, man. That's all I need. <laughs> and uh, Ricky Reed, who wrote, who worked with Maggie Rogers, um, Lizzo. Marin Morris, SZA, and more Lizzo. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, the Marin Morris album was pretty good. Not as good as her first one, which probably should have been nominated. I wonder if she'll get a, a pity nomination for something in a couple of years because she's putting out good stuff and not getting the respect. Um, to me, the... I guess because it's a lack of the big names, it's made the this this award ceremony is not that interesting. Yeah. I don't care who performs. I don't care if that LL Cool J is probably hosting it or whoever. 
CSI's LL Cool J. Do you know CSI or CI? NCIS. Too many. One of the letter shows. Oh, excuse me. NCIS Los Angeles. One of those letter shows. (laughs) The dude from SWAT. (laughs) (laughs) We don't even consider him a rapper. Yeah, he was in SWAT and um, uh, the dude, uh, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was the cook, right? Yeah. Oh man. Who, who made it the whole movie? <laughs> who made it to the end? That was the the black um the black cinema hall of fame, man. That was the first <laughs> in a horror film. Um, you're carrying the torture, buddy. <laughs> anything else you want to add about the Grammys? I, I don't have anything. Nah. I just I hope that uh all I hope the deserving artists win. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Let's move to the charts really quick, and we'll get to Ben's earworm of the week. Um, a lot of different songs. I mean, we we've been we've been off for two months, so a lot of different songs have been number one. Um, Senorita was number one. Truth hurts. Uh, Lose you to love me by Selena Gomez. Such a good song, too. Uh, Highest in the room by Travis Scott. Bad guy was number one. Well, that was the that was a song that ended. Uh, Lil Nas X's uh, domination of the number one spot over the summer. This week, number one is Someone You Love by Louis Capaldi. I'm uh, looking him up, and he looks old. He looks like a member of the Indigo Girls. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. <laughs> like, this is this is wild, dude. Like, if you're, if you're like, average-looking, like, UK singer songwriter right now, like you are in, like my God, he, yeah, he would never be big if he was from America. <laughs> <laughs> they Christopher cross him, like Christopher cross you out, like. Oh uh, man, number two, Circles by Sirius Malone. Number three, Senorita, Sean Mendez, the Canadian John Mayer, and Camila Cabello. The artist formerly known as Fifth Harmony. Number four, Good as Hell by Lizzo. I haven't heard this song. I, or maybe I have. It's catchy. It's in a few commercials right now. It's pretty good. Uh, number five, Memories by Adam and the Levines. Isn't that the one that he samples a classical song? I have no idea. I've never heard this song. If it's the one I'm thinking, it's god awful. Like they're becoming a parody of themselves <laughs> at this point. <laughs> uh, number six, another appearance by Lizzo. Truth Hurts, Song of the Year nominee. Number seven, No Guidance, Chris Brown, Mr. Finna Be Me, <laughs> featuring the perpetual Kentucky recruit. Number eight, Lose You to Love Me by Selena Gomez. Number nine, Panini by Lil Nas X. And number 10, 10,000 Hours by Dan Shay and Justin Bieber. That's not a bad Dan song. and Shay featuring yeah. Justin Bieber, or however you want to put it. Dan and Shay, they're like uh, Rascal Flatts light. Okay. If you can imagine. <laughs> Let's look at the albums. Um, as I said, a lot of different albums have been number one. Uh, Hollywood's Bleeding, uh, AI Young Boy 2, um, Lover, Jesus is King, Kirk, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go, So Much Fun, uh, Indigo. Oh, snap. I didn't know this dude was popular. Uh, so number one, debuting at number one is "What You See Is What You Get" by Luke Combs. He's the one who's on The Voice, right? Or American Idol? I don't know. Are you thinking of Luke Bryan? Uh, 
Well, it's a Luke. It's one of it's those guys. It's a Luke. It's a Luke. It's another Luke. <laughs> <laughs> they just make them in a factory down in South Georgia, <laughs> in Tennessee. <laughs> number two is Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. It was number one last week. Number three, AI Young Boy Two, uh, by Young Boy NBA. Young Boy Never Broke Again. Uh, That's what that means. Yeah. I thought he was a basketball fan. <laughs> I think he is. Oh my god, that's hilarious. He is a basketball fan, so I yeah. That's that's great. Uh number 4 Over It by Summer Walker, who apparently has uh uh some kind of anxiety disorder. Okay. Uh number 5 Lover by Taylor Swift, the fake news of pop music. Number 6 Jesus is King by Kanye. We got to give him a name. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I want to say Mr. Maga, but that's too on the nose. I don't know. Kanye blessed. I don't know. <laughs> 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 he went on Joel, he went up with Joel. Like this dude is like, I don't get I got listen to some of the tracks. <sighs> but I mean, can we say we didn't see this coming when he made Jesus Walks? No. You don't think you don't think it you didn't no, see No, I don't think this that was an indication of this. Well, okay, so not the 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 right wing farness, but like clearly he's not afraid to rap out God. So like, venturing into gospel music, possible. Mm-hmm. But the the path of how he got no. there. <laughs> Did you see the meme It's like what happened in that car in the all falls down video? Him and Stacey Dash? <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> Oh God, yeah. They they're friends now, right? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, number seven, Kirk by the Baby. Um, number eight, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Album of the Year nominee. Number nine, So Much Fun by Young Thug. And number ten, Ghetto Gospel by Rod Wave. Yeah, I, I didn't know this guy was that big. <laughs> I did. I don't know who that is. I heard him on. Um, a video about um, incels. <laughs> it's a. I'll show you later. It's a very funny video, but like this is the song that's playing. It has a song called "Heart for Sale." That's playing at the end of the video, and I I did not know who he was, but the song is really fire. So, all right, let's look at the artist one hundred. Uh, he was number ten last week, but he's number one this week. His album debuts at number one. Luke Combs, number two. Serious Malone. I guess we got to take him serious. Hey, man, he's about to be nominated. He's about to be a Grammy Award winning. <laughs> if you miss, stop messing around. <laughs> uh, number three, Billie Eilish. Number four, Lizzo. Number five, The Fake News of Pop Music. Number six, The Baby. Number seven, Young Boy NBA. Number eight, The Most Influential Artist in Black Music. Not nominated. For album of the year for his collaborations <clears throat> project, and I think I know why. Why too many black people on it? But he's the most influential artist amongst them. Too many <laughs> black people, and he's rapping. They're like, "Whoa, whoa, buddy!" When he had a guitar, that was okay. <laughs> Not with these We're, we beats. want we want more thinking out louds and perfects. Okay, what are these beats? I'm not gonna lie. He holds his own. I'll give him that. He holds his own. That that when I listened, to that, I was like, okay, maybe that's what Jimmy Fox saw when he let him sleep on his couch and got him signed. Like, he held his own. Okay, look. <laughs> My thing with Jamie Fox is 
No, he didn't see all those people at the same party. It, he tells the story <laughs> of that one party where all these people were like, no, nah, they were not all at the same party, man. That was the most epic party ever. He's <laughs> like, I saw this young Jay-Z, you know, he was, was kind of reserved, style, standing on the wall, and then uh, Ed Sheeran pulls out a guitar. <laughs> What year is this? <laughs> the year 19 never. Like. This party happened on February 31st. Ed Sheeran was 10 years old. <laughs> like, what the f- um, <laughs> Number nine, we're kind of worried about them, but not so much as we used to be. I think um, it's funny that they're supposed to be like on break. Yeah. <laughs> they're still popular what it, are they doing fan, it's their fans i think like since the artist 100 is your sales um and your radio play and social media presence yeah i think social media presence is carrying them right now yeah like it's just all social media presence and that and not just them being on social media it's their fans talking about them on social media okay i can see that because they just, I'm just like, did you retire? Did you, are you on break? Or are you in there doing push-ups? Well, we told you what, I, I, we, we told you what their vacation might have been. <laughs> they went home. They got one day off. Back in the <laughs> lab. Back to work. Start working out. <laughs> and uh, number 10, the Jonas Brothers. Who are like witnessing a resurgence. Like this yeah. is. <clears throat> uh, they performed in the AMAs last night. I, I think, think so. It's like they came back and Nick was like, all right, guys, let's get on my back. <laughs> Kevin needs a new house for him and his wife. And and Joe is just, you know, Joe is Joe. <laughs> he's got nothing. He's not. He's like, Wait, why aren't I Was he the one playing the guitar? No, Nick, Nick and Kevin were the musicians and Joe was the singer. And then they all went off and went solo. And the only person that was successful was Nick. So now it's well, a, who DNCE. Who was that? That was oh my bad. Okay, so that was Joe. Joe okay. was DNCE, but he's just a singer. Oh, so Ke- Kevin from the clip I saw, Kevin was the one playing the guitar. Yeah, Kevin plays guitar in, in um, Jonas Brothers, and so did Nick. But I don't know if Nick just doesn't do it now. Because um, honestly, the last time I saw him playing guitar was when he was, when he was trying to be what Sean Mendez is. He was trying to be John Mayer. He put out an album that Nick Jonas in the administration where he basically took the new Power Generation band <laughs> plus David Ryan Harris. And that was his backing band. Put out an album, which is half pretty decent. Um, but it is, if you listen to it, like, I can point to songs that are John Mayer songs that are John Mayer ripoffs. You can almost point to them. And then after that, he started doing, you know, um, Jealous and Never Looked Back. It's like Nick Jonas in the administration never existed. Uh, so, so people who kind of fell off last week, Kanye was number three. He's number fourteen this week. Was where was Luke Combs? Because I swear, man, that Luke factory. We need to find. Um, last week he was number ten. On what he did, and he's number one this week. I will say though, uh, Miranda Lambert was number two last week. This week, number thirty-two. Did the CMAs happen or something? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to a Luke Combs concert. Just because it looks like a block party. Like, he puts this guitar down, and he just has, like, moonshine in his hand, and he's just, like, drinking. And, like, it just looks fun. He's probably like, hey, y'all want some? Like, he probably just passes it around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, let me stop. 
uh, a band that, well, I don't know who's in the band, and I don't know. I, maybe they put out a new album or something. The number They're number 45, but for them to even be on this list is weird. The Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Christmas is coming. <laughs> it's that time of year. Yeah, it's that time of year. <laughs> do, 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 do. Brush it off. You better brush it off. <laughs> brush off that song. They're like that Halloween store. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what yes. they do. Yes. <laughs> like, we play Bach. Ah, I don't want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> that would also explain Wham being on this list. Last Christmas, yeah. So you'll see Mariah Carey probably pop up. Mariah Carey's on here, too, yep, yep, already. Yeah. We skip Thanksgiving. And we go straight, <laughs> we to, go Christmas. straight to Christmas. We skip it. Oh, man. Uh, so that'll do it for our music news. Um, it's, we're almost at an hour, man. This is ridiculous. But it's been so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, people. <laughs> um, oh, God. So, Ben, I'm going to pull it up here. But tell us about your error of the week. All right, so um, as Trey Young is killing it, go Hawks. Um, so there's a song by a band called Little Big Town, who actually is a band that is kind of known for taking chances, really, especially with like that song Girl Crush that pissed off a lot of country music fans because God forbid you sing about being a lesbian. Um, so Taylor Swift, of course, as we mentioned, um, is the only person nominated for a song of the year this year that is, a so- is credited as the sole songwriter. <clears throat> And that's kind of been her calling card, not necessarily as a soul songwriter, but most of her stuff is usually her and one other person. And typically that one other person is the person that produced it. So they're probably just giving her notes. That's been a lot of the stuff, the Max Martin stuff, the Jack Antonoff stuff, even the one she did with Ed Sheeran. Um, So, of course, she's pop now. When she released 1989, she went pop, then Reputation, and now this album. She's straight up pop, but this song shows, at least in my opinion, this is what Taylor Swift should be right now, a very mature-sounding country artist. I still think her music is best suited for country music, and this is a song she wrote around the time that 1989 came out, and it was nominated for Song of the Year at the CMAs, and I think had she released it, it probably would have been nominated for Song of the Year at the Grammys. I think it's the best song she's written probably since something off of Fearless or maybe... or maybe um, Red? Are red, yeah. Like this is, I think this is one of the best songs of her career. It has some of the Taylor Swift isms that you can, like for her. I guess since I've studied her as a writer so much, I can tell her second verses have characteristics you can just hear. Um, and it's probably because she referenced the track and the singer's probably going off a little bit of what she did. But you can sort of hear it, um, especially in the bridge. You can really hear it too. But like she. I wish she was writing this type of music. There's a really good video of her, and I feel like I'm ranting, of her playing this at the Bluebird Cafe. They invited her out to the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. She played it, and she sounds good singing it, So, but she's pop now. You can't really put this on your album. <laughs> but, yeah, it's called Better Man, not to be confused with Pearl Jam's Better Man. All right, so this is better a Better Man or just Better Man? Uh, it might either or. I don't know. Uh, by Little Big Town, written by Taylor Swift. And we'll be right back. I know I'm probably better off on my own than loving a man who didn't know what he had when he had 
Better Man by Little Big Town, written by Taylor Swift. I think last year was nominated for uh, Best Country Song at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really great song, and I like it because <laughs> I'm gonna. I feel like I feel like I just built up Taylor Swift. I'm about to tear it down. This woman's a better singer, so like you get to hear what her songs sound like with better singers. Um, and that's not a dig on Taylor Swift, like. I mean, she she's like country Britney Spears. She can carry a tune. Like she's not she's not out here claiming to be an amazing singer. Like her thing has always been her songs, you know, and then her bubbly, I'm innocent personality. So like, you know, I know a lot of people out there are mad that she's you know the artist of the decade according to I think what Billboard and the American Music Awards. I mean, I don't know. Like I don't want to make anyone from the Beehive upset. <laughs> A lot of people think it should be Beyonce, but I I would give Beyonce entertainer of the decade because I think that's – because when you hear people t- – as, ma- as a matter of fact, everyone talked about what she did at Coachella. That was amazing, but that was entertaining. That's my thing. I think she's, she's a better entertainer. Some people who are for Taylor Swift are going to use her performance at the Billboard Awards. Taylor Swift's not a great performer, though. <laughs> no, as, as like a point for her. Oh, why? Even though she totally <laughs> ripped off Beyonce. Yeah, she's not a great performer. I consider her, I think of her, which is really funny because she's such a pop artist, as more of an artist. Beyonce is an entertainer. I guess if you were to mold them together, you'd get something. You know You know what? I bet you if you ask somebody, what do you get if you put them together? Billie Eilish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you might you might be right. That I think she might be this year's lord, which means we might not hear from her for a while. No, her what? No, the the second album 
no one's going to really know about. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, album of the year. The critics are like, it's amazing. No, it's amazing. Shoving in your face. It's amazing. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right. So we started the show with a uh, scene from the film American Psycho. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, some people say it's a horror film. <laughs> I say it's a, a dark, comedy, dark a dark comedy. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the scene where Patrick Bateman is talking about uh, the, the greatness of Phil Collins and Genesis <laughs> or uh, Phil Collins and the Genesis, as mentioned by <laughs> Ralph Tresvant, the new edition <laughs> miniseries. Um yeah, I'd be so, terrified if that was happening to me. <laughs> I'd be terrified. <laughs> oh, God. So um, we're going to be talking about the Phil Collins album, No Jacket Required. came out in 1985. Uh, it was his third solo album follow, uh, following Face Value and Hello, I Must Be Going. Um. When was this released? Okay, so I was I was not yet one. <laughs> I was almost one, I think. Um, so uh, this was an album that I'm trying to see how many it sold. It sold over twenty five million. So yeah. it's one of the biggest selling albums of all time. Um, and so it's funny to see the album yeah. that beat it that year. <laughs> Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits, <laughs> but then it's like you know which one uh, you know lasted longer. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah, it was the second best-selling album of 1985 in the UK, but just went on to like, like it lapped it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and since we just talked about the Grammys. It is an album of the year winner, uh, beating Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. Uh, Whitney Houston's uh, album, Whitney Houston, the self-titled, I think this is the first one, because I think the second one was just called Whitney. Mm -hmm. uh, the Dream of Blue Turtles, Sting's uh, solo debut. Oh, okay. And We Are the World by USA for Africa, <laughs> which is weird because it's... I no one's heard any other song. I didn't know from that was, album. I didn't know it was an album. It has ten songs. It has ten songs. What is like? Whether a remix is, is that the second track? Uh, there's we a the, we are the UK. We are Steve like uh, that's the with everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, then there's some solo songs. Steve Perry, the Pointer Sisters have one. Bruce Springsteen. Wasn't there an artist Prince. that they left out and he was really mad about it? Um, it's almost akin to like the dream team leaving out Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I don't know. I know like Prince wasn't on We Are the World, but only because he didn't want to hang out with those people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I have to look into that. I want to think there were some artists who was like, we didn't get invited, and they went off and did their own thing. Uh, Chicago has a song. Wow. Um, which was written by Richard Marks and the David Foster. God, uh, Tina Turner. So many egos in that room. <laughs> <laughs> Tina Turner, uh, Kitty Rogers, and Huey Lewis in the News. I'm all gonna have check songs that out. on the "We Are the World" album. If that's on Spotify, that's 
That's my drive home music tonight. <laughs> I want to hear that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Phil Collins, this uh, No Jacket Required one album of the year. Um, I know my my first impression of uh, you know some some of the songs that I know of by Phil Collins, I thought like all came out at the same time. Yeah. And not, I'm like, we talked about this before, some people confusing them with Genesis songs. (laughs) Yeah. But some of these were songs that came out later or earlier. Yeah. (laughs) That's the ones that like I. Because he had a longer career than I think some people might have realized. Yeah. And and the thing is like, I don't want to say Ed Sheeran is the Phil Collins of today. (laughs) But we have said that Ed Sheeran is funny looking for a pop star. Yeah. Phil Collins. Phil Collins was funny looking for a rock star yeah. in the eighties. Well, it's because he was a drummer. <laughs> yeah, like he's the he's no a one drummer. cared what he looked like. And he's like, oh, you can sing. And and mm-hmm. now now he's singing, and finally he has a sense of humor, mm-hmm. and uh, he's writing these songs that kind of show show that sense of humor and his mm-hmm. cynicism. It's back when pop stars could wear suits. <laughs> yeah. Like just straight business suits. <laughs> it was weird. I was watching that video that he did with Philip Bailey. Yeah. And they're in suits. I'm just like, this would not fly today. <laughs> <laughs> it's too. It's too. It's too buttoned up. Yeah. I mean, and and the weird thing is, like today, like he, like back then, he's a rock star. Oh yeah. There's today, no doubt about it. He is seen as the epitome of just corporate. <laughs> <laughs> just. Corporate music, like any like it, one uh, a music you can play at a um, a very something safe, s- something safe. Yeah, yeah, just the most uptight, safest business party. There's no cocaine. <laughs> Everyone's drinking Diet Coke. Yeah. Put on some Phil Collins. Like that'll get it. <laughs> oh, that'll get this party started. started. Whoa! <laughs> Not didn't sold the album. Phenomenal album, but yeah, you're right. Like for what it was at the time and what it is now, kind of. Yeah. Because I still think it has fans, but it's, it doesn't have that edge. No, there's not. not there's there's really nothing edgy about about Phil. But I think it was more um, nothing edgy about this album. But I think it's only because this is not the kind of person he is. No. <laughs> Just as you know, he uh, even though. Not, I did see this video, even though In the Air Tonight is not on this album. Yeah, and I thought it was at first. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a video of him playing the the drum solo, I guess. Yeah. And, like, he just looked totally uninterested. Well, he's probably played it's it. Like, he's, he's probably played it so many times. It's like, yeah, yeah can we, we just want to have a video of you playing the drum. Like. Can someone else do it? <laughs> but no, it, it, but it's you. I mean, it's you. Like, you ever see the video of, the, of uh, Quest Love playing it? Yeah, them? yeah. Quest Love was like, I was nervous, didn't want to mess it up, and Phil's just like old, and he's like, he's like in a polo shirt and some black pants, and he's like, I don't give a shit, I don't care. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I imagine like the at this point playing that song. Uh, he he probably will pay you to not play it. <laughs> he's, 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 he's tired of playing that I have other songs yeah we, but we want this one <laughs> it's like I only played that that one part that way because 
I didn't know what else to play. <laughs> or it was just filler, and I was going to come back and do something else. And then I just uh, I was like, oh, you know, well, let's leave it in there. It sounds okay. Threw some effects on there. They're like, this is the most epic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I just imagine people in the 80s, like, sitting in their rooms, like, smoking to this. <laughs> Let me stop. All right. So. Um, no, it's supposed to be safe. safe. This is safe. <laughs> oh, no one does it now. Trust me. No one's doing it now. <laughs> it was it was candy cigarettes. <laughs> and blowing steam. It's not really smoke, guys. Just blowing breath steam. <laughs> Snorting Smarties. Oh, God, that sounds painful. If you're snorting Smarties, you might be hardcore. <laughs> it's going to burn. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so uh, a couple of other accolades. Um, aside from the album of the year, it was one of the best. It was nominated for one of the best British albums of the previous 30 years by yeah. the Brit Awards in 2010. And the people that beat it. Mm-hmm. And uh, What's the Story, Morning Glory by Oasis ended up beating that. I'm I'm not up for doing an episode about that album. Nor am I. Um, Next. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, can't, I can't get into a band that can't get out of their own way. <laughs> they could have been huge. They really could have been, but can't stop fighting. But this was kind of this was this was an album in the in the midst of uh, Phil Jackson's at the peak. Of, uh, Phil Jackson, <laughs> the Zen Master. <laughs> this, uh, well, not yet for Phil Jackson. That was a few years later. But <laughs> Phil Collins' uh, peak of his powers. Yeah. Um, he had the tour. Uh, this was uh, Live Aid. Was later that year. Um, he recorded the song "Separate Lives" for the movie White Knights, which was nominated for an Oscar, and it was a it was a hit and, and a number one single. Um, so uh, really interesting tidbit here too. So yeah. as we kind of get into it here, so looking at of course you know Phil Collins co-produced the album with Hugh Pagdam. That guy was coming off of like a really great run of mm-hmm. albums, so. In 1984, he was nominated. He was also nominated for Album of the Year. Didn't win it, but what was the album? Synchronicity, yeah. <laughs> and gets nominated for Record of the Year with Every Breath You Take. Follows it up two years later with No Jacket Required, Album of the Year nomination, and Producer of the Year nomination, and then follows that up with But Seriously <laughs> by <laughs> Phil Collins, and then Ten Summoners Tales. Like he was, this guy was, yeah, he was. Not to mention with, the roster of people that he just worked with. But for him to work with Sting and, and the police and Phil Collins during this run. Yeah. Like Like at that time, like wow, like you're 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 the man. Yeah. You are you were the you were that guy right now. Yeah. That was yeah, that's a phenomenal I thought that was a phenomenal run. Just kind of looking at him and seeing, you know. Oh, and he worked with Steve Lillywhite too. That yeah, I love that guy. Steve Lillywhite's amazing. Um, so yeah, that that guy had a, a great run. And is this? Would you say of those albums, this is the best one released? That Hugh Patton worked on. Yeah, that of those that he was nominated for. Because uh, well, synchronicity. <clears throat> okay, we're talking about synchronicity. No jacket required. But seriously, intense summoners tales and Mercury falling. Um, these are some great albums. Yeah. <laughs> These are some great albums. 
But the only one that well, yeah, the only one that won album of the year. Which well, no, no jacket required. Yeah, no jacket required was the only one that won album of the year. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and that, apparently they the felt measure, he measure. was the best because he got the producer of the year too that year. So yeah, yes, yeah, so they were like, no, this is the year. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, so it looks like here that. Uh, Phil Collins had just come off of working with Eric Clapton um, as a producer. Uh, let's see, was he playing? Yeah, well, he played drums and played that he was background vocalist for Eric Clapton's album Behind the Sun. Uh, so, um, started working on his solo album, and he's still in Genesis. Like, this was a yeah. time where. Um, I don't know if Genesis was well. I guess they were kind of on a break because he's making his solo album. Then there's Mike and the Mechanics, yeah, uh, making their album. Um, and he started. He was experimenting with the drum machine. Um, that's what it says here. He was experimenting with the drum machine. And uh, that's how we get Susudio and One More track. Night. That's a, and that's a great opener, too, I think, Susudio. Uh, Susudio's the first track? Yeah, that's the opener. Um, okay, better better <laughs> opening track. Susudio or Want to Be Starting Something? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They both have similar openings. They both are open by drums. Uh I got to go with Wanna Be Starting Something. Just because that's like top five for me for Michael Jackson songs. I love that song. Um, you see that video where they were playing it, they were clearly playing it too fast. Like, and like <laughs> no one misses a beat. Like, like that song's probably, if I had to guess, and I'm going to see if I'm right, that song has to be like 100, maybe 120 beats per minute. And like, it felt like they were playing it at 160. No one missed a beat. All the dancers were like on it. <laughs> I think this one is considered his uh, his fastest song was um um it was something from Off the Wall. I think it was uh, Working Day and Night. That is a fast song. Yeah, that that's one of his. I think that's his oh. fastest song. One twenty two. One hundred twenty two beats per minute, and they played it. That at was least. A, was it? It was a live. Oh, it was live. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. It was at that least was probably something like um if you ever see. Any footage of James Brown? Oh God, they played everything. <laughs> it's like, are they trying to get through all the songs? Like every song he's ever done. <laughs> and that's what I want to do. I want to. I want to cut heads, man. <laughs> I want to. I want to cut heads. So I was like, I want to go to one of those one of those clubs where the, you know we'd be cutting heads and play a song too fast because that's what you do when you're cutting heads. <laughs> you got to play it fast. <laughs> Like that's what I heard when I when I hear um, Otis Redding's album um, "Live at the Whiskey." They were playing really yeah. fast. <laughs> You're trying to get through all your songs. Oh God! But yeah, I, I, that's, that's probably a better yeah. That's probably a better opening track. But this is a good opening track too. Um, but yeah, so uh, so working with a um, uh, a drum machine and. Uh, that was just the Susudio was just some random. 
thing that yeah, he was saying. Yeah, what is Sue Studio? What is uh, <laughs> what does that even mean? Sue Studio, Sue 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 Studio. Uh, some people thought it was about um, some about some girl named Sue, some girl named Sue Studio. Uh, or, <laughs> I don't think that's what it was. Um, let me see if if it said what what it was. Uh, he, yeah, he was just he was just playing around with it, and and like like what I was telling you earlier about how the song "Invisible Touch" came from a jam session. Yeah. That he, just, he just said, <laughs> "Like, oh, Phil, you gotta put that in the song, mate." <laughs> so he said, uh, "He said, so I knew I I had, so I kind of knew I had to find something else for that word." Then I went back and tried to find another word that scanned as well as Susudio, and I couldn't find one. So I went back to Susudio. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was just <laughs> some randomness uh, that led to that song. Um, so apparently it gets a lot of comparisons to 1999 by Prince. I kind of hear it, but I don't know. He says uh, the original kinda. version sounds even more like Prince. So maybe <laughs> someone's like, bro, like he might sue us. You need to change <laughs> you need to change this. <laughs> or maybe he'll do do like he did with uh he might have done like with Stevie Nicks. Oh, and just get just I'll come and play on it. <laughs> <laughs> Plays on the song. They finish the song, he leaves. <laughs> yeah. It's like Prince is here. What does he want? He wants to play. What does he want to play? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Everything. Let's imagine the, the, the umpire the um the clubhouse manager from Little Big League saying that everyone like he wants to play everything. <laughs> he won't leave. <laughs> He's playing everything. Um so yeah, and he uh also playing around with the drum machine. Uh One More Night was written. Um and uh a lot of, I guess, a lot of these came from just improvising. Just he's the, I don't know if there are a lot of musicians like that to where they learn, well, not learn, but they write by playing something, not trying to think of mm-hmm. the melody or the lyrics. Uh, let's just play something, yeah. see what comes out. I think you see that more with bands. So that for a musician, a solo musician, to do that, I do think that's a little weird. Um. But I think some bands do that. Like, I know Dave Matthews' band does that. Um, I want to think... There's another band I'm trying to think of. I think I heard Fish does that. I think Tool might do that as well. Just because everyone kind of brings their own thing to it. But for him to do that, I don't know. Maybe because he was so used to being in a band. That's the only way he knows how to write. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just do it. Um. <clears throat> Also, is there that the the song "Long, Long Way to Go," which yes, I heard it on Cold Case. <laughs> um, it has backing vocals from Sting. Uh, I didn't know that, but now I kind of hear it. Yeah, when I hear the song. Um, let's play some of these songs. Yes. Uh, what should we play that you would want to talk about? Um, let me see here. Some of these tracks. So I do like only, um, yeah, I think it's Long, Long Way to Go is the, the track I was thinking of. Because I was listening to it, and there weren't as many songs that I, I thought that would be on there. But that's when you realize, like, his career was spread out. I didn't even realize But Seriously came out in the 90s. Didn't realize that. Um, 
but like yeah some of these songs I was just like oh, okay these these are good songs I just thought there would be more songs I read like I thought um I thought whatchamacallit would be on here um in there tonight but that was from um the one before this one uh I can't think of the name hello of it. must be going yeah or face value it was on one face value I think it's face value because it was early in his career yeah yeah it was on Facebook yeah but I remember so when I listened to this song um because of course there's another song on here that is um I don't even know if you really want to call it sample it was almost a cover the uh, take me home that bone thugs did yeah I felt well, like they, this... those samples they had their own they had their own lyrics yeah but then but he, he, he comes and sings the chorus and I like mean, they didn't change much but it's a great beat yeah and so when I listened to this I was like could you not hear um, Love um, 808s and Heartbreaks era Kanye sampling this? You yeah, I, yeah I hear it. I could hear this because it. I don't know if, this, if it was. I don't know if it, uh, it's. It might have been. Uh, I listed as like one of the influences. I don't know if this song in particular, but I think like. Okay. Phil Collins might have been one of the influences for, for that. that album. Yeah. One of the more misunderstood albums, really. I don't think people got it when it came out. That's been Kanye's kind of life, though. But, yeah, when I heard this, I was like, this sounded like Say What's Real. I could hear this. I could hear a, a modern-day hip-hop artist singing this song, sing over the song with auto-tune. And that drew me even more into it. And But now, you know, thinking about how he uses a lot of drum machines and stuff, it makes sense. Like, Phil Collins' music is, like, ripe for the sampling. If you're looking for, like, moody, atmospheric 80s music, yeah, it's ripe for the sampling. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like this uh, a cover of this should have been on the Drive soundtrack. I could hear that as well. <laughs> so you said, is this the one that you said um, Sing Sing's background? Yeah. Oh, uh, God, I, yeah, that hear is him. <clears throat> All right, there's Gordon Summers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I could, I can hear it now, okay. I don't know why I never put two and two together, though. Huh. That that he's saying background. Yeah, I, don't know I, I, just, I, I didn't know. I didn't know either huh. until just now. So, but like I kind of, it's just one of those things. You can you recognize it. Yeah. <laughs> like now you know. Now I can hear it. Um. What are your thoughts? What? Hold on. I did, what? Oh, this this will come up later. Sorry, I just read something Peter, about Peter Gabriel on this album too. Oh, so were they friends? Well, no, he's he's on there. He's on a track. <clears throat> okay, so they they were friends. Yeah, he's on "Take Me Home." <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I I'm not going to tell you what episode this this song is on. I know what it is, but it's 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 one of the less cheesy episodes <laughs> of Cold Case. Like I said, it's the cheesiest detective show ever made. It's one of the less cheesy episodes. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, one, um, with the song like Susudio, um, <clears throat> it's kind of weird that people can get away with like, like nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> it's such, uh, it's just such a fun song. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, 
but and with a nonsensical word. And I don't know if it's in, put in a dictionary somewhere. I hope not. But don't give anyone <laughs> ideas. <laughs> but uh, I think this was this would have been one of the songs that was made for the memes if it came out today. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. It could be one of those like the angry woman and the cat meme, which is making its rounds now and being completely misused. But that's okay. Yeah. But this this it's probably my second favorite track from the album. Um, but now, like, yeah, uh, this song just reminds me of the, that scene from American Psycho that we played at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and, like, a lot of times whenever I look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. Uh, this definitely is one of those songs also for the... Um, <laughs> I feel like it, it fits in like um, aerobics classes, mm-hmm. uh, certain dance contests. Uh, yeah, I could hear that. Maybe uh, what like when Reebok was popular and <laughs> people wore the leg warmers and yeah, I could hear that. Yes, <laughs> I could totally hear that. Um, but yeah, it's one of those catchy songs. And it's, uh, there was, I think there was a period of dance rock at the time and, you know, in the Mm eighties. And this was definitely one of those songs. Not that I'm saying that people would like headbang to, (laughs) (laughs) but it had rock elements, but it's clearly pop and it's, it's, it's funk and soul. You know, it's got the horns in there Mm -hmm. too. So, um, Combining all those elements and then uh, using the drum machine when it was still kind of a new thing at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what you get. Yeah. I think sometimes we kind of tend to forget to, um, well, first off, how much British people love soul music. Yes. And funk. And they how much more. of a fan. They care more yeah. than and the it, Saints. And it just comes across, like, listening to this. Like, I didn't think about it until you pointed it out. It's just something I kind of took for granted in this song and kind of in this album. And and with Phil Collins in general, really, I mean, he has a lot of funk elements. Yeah. <laughs> he loves that. He loves it. Hell, he did a, he did a Motown tribute, you know? Yeah, he, uh, he grew up on Motown and can't hurry what's love. considered uh, <laughs> northern soul. Yeah. He likes that stuff, so... Yeah, it you can it comes through in his music a lot, and yeah. I don't know why I never thought about that, but it yeah, it just does. Uh, that's a that's a if that was a real bass, that's a very funky bass line. <laughs> if that's <laughs> when if you put that on a real bass, it's a funky bass line. Um, and the other song here that it mentions, uh, kind of like when him just improvising one more night. Wait, was it one more night? Yes. Um, trying to think how you improvise that one. <laughs> he was probably just singing that. Think so? Just singing one more night. Like, I need some lyrics for this. <laughs> it's like, he was like, you got any lyrics for that one? It's like, give me about 15 minutes. <laughs> um, Well, yeah, if it was Sting, he would need about 15 <laughs> 
Sting has written lyrics for every song that he will ever write. <laughs> That's just Sting. That's just Sting. Um, uh, he used an 808. Without the heartbreaks. No heartbreaks yet. <laughs> oh, God. Um, this was shot, the video was shot in the same bar that was used for Susudio. But instead of it being in color, it was in sepia. That was a popular thing back then. <laughs> Uh, and the bar was owned by Richard Branson. That's interesting. Yeah, well, this was released on Virgin, so that makes sense. Oh. He was helping out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yep, Richard. Uh, yeah, I didn't know he was, I didn't know he was rich back then, but I guess you don't become a billionaire overnight, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this song was number one. Was it in number one in America? Yes. And it was number one on the adult contemporary charts, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one of those songs I feel like was played at every prom. Prob this is totally a slow dance. <laughs> Watch your hands. <laughs> Leave room for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, that's totally. <laughs> um, uh, one... Uh, song that I mean it had a video I think it was it, let me check I think, believe it was a single I mean it had a video that means it's a single right yeah uh, Don't Lose My Number that's a great song that uh, is a great song the video mm -hmm. was a parody of other videos <laughs> I've never seen the video <laughs> um, basically it's it's him it's a parody of all the other big music videos at the time um I know there was uh, Every Breath You Take made a reference to that. <laughs> a reference to California Girls, David Lee Roth. Oh, that's hilarious. Elton John, The Cars You Might Think, where Rick Ocasek is the is a fly. <laughs> yeah. I think he <laughs> they, there's a part of that in there, too. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, and... Uh, the story he did not know what he would use as a for the to to make the video, so he decided to create a video showing his decision process in making a video. <laughs> <laughs> and in the video, it says he talks to various directors who all give him bad ideas. So he yep. has a parody of the other um, a parody of the. Of those videos, it's got the double-breasted suit on on the cover of the album of the of the <laughs> single. It's hilarious. <laughs> this is one of those songs I think that will, um, in twenty years, people, young people, won't know what he means by "Don't lose my number." <laughs> like number, I didn't just add you on Snap something. Like it'll, the concept will be weird. Yeah, this song is awesome. Oh, did this song come out before or after? Uh, I don't know why this reminds me of Love Is a Battlefield. I don't know when Love. When did Love Is a Battlefield come out? Billy. Uh, Love Is a Battlefield came out in 1983. 
So yeah, this is this, this could, is after. Yeah, this could be inspired by it. I could kind of hear that. Uh, there's also a scene where he's in a western. It sounds very corny. Yeah, it's it's. It was probably like, wow, this video's amazing. He's <laughs> he's, he's it's like videos within videos, but looking back things. on it, it's it's cheesy. Has it, oh, it's also a parody of Mad Max. <laughs> age the worst. What's age the worst? <laughs> One of my favorite categories from uh, the Rewatchables. They'll take these movies. It's like, what's age the worst? And the, have you seen a few Good Men? Yeah. The f bomb that uh, <laughs> Jack Nicholson says <laughs> about how he dresses to like age the worst. <laughs> <laughs> this video from this album has aged the worst. Yes. <laughs> and his double-breasted suits with. Converse, Chuck Taylors, it's aged horribly. Uh, and it's also like, yeah, okay, here's the scene from with every breath you take. And he's playing the bass like in his own shadow. Like, in, like, <laughs> <laughs> like this does, no, this does not work. Um, And now he's got like dancers. I, I, what is this supposed to be? I don't know. I, there's, there's a lot of things going on in the video. He was um, clearly confused. He yeah. didn't know what to do. <laughs> um, was was good thing that he didn't do because probably, people probably would have been mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that he did not make any? There was a few videos at the time that all, made a reference to Greece. Yeah, uh, I know Rosanna's Toto. Toto by Rose. Rosanna by Toto. Okay. You know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) But that video was um, inspired by Grease. Really? Okay. Um, I think Beat It. Um, I could see. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a little bit of sense. And there was another one. I think it was Love is a Battlefield. I don't remember the video Love is a Battlefield. I think, was she leaving? Or is that Cindy Lauper? I don't know. All these videos, eighties videos, ran together, but some of them had the same idea. Yeah, and then you know people just went to the, um, we're on tour. Kind of, <laughs> that, that was that was a genre. Of oh yeah, well that was like for every eighties hair metal band, that was like the second video. That, yeah, that was that was the ballad. Yeah, that was the ballad. <laughs> As we're up on stage, like or we're in the bus, or you know I miss my girl. Who I'm cheating on? <laughs> hey, come on, buddy. Um. So yeah, that was a. Uh, so what was the other single? The other single was "Take Me Home." Yeah, which is the last track. Um, we said and possibly to- my. It's tied between that and Susudio as my favorite songs from this album. But it was one of those things where it grew into my favorite song. I didn't know it until the Bone Thug song came out. I'd never heard it. But like listening to it now, like I love the way it builds. Like it just, it just, yeah, it's just a really good song. And I really like the video that Bone Thugs made with him. He's in it. He's singing. It's just them standing in various parts of a city, probably London. I don't know. But like it was such a cool video. Uh, well, yeah, he was all, he was um, he would okay. I remember there was all, like we said, like um, there were his sense of humor came out in these videos, mm-hmm. and with this one, 
he goes out, he gets into his car, and then he's in all these different places around the world. Yeah. He's in London, Paris, Paris, Tokyo, New York, Australia. He's Graceland. He's in L.A. And then he comes home. <laughs> and his wife says, you've been down at the pub, haven't you? Oh, God. <laughs> um, but this is one of those. I think it was also good that he uh, combined these electronic instruments mm -hmm. with the guitar. I like how the guitar sounds on this one. Likewise. Uh, I love where it comes in, too. And it's not overpowering. Mm -mm. This, nothing was like overpower. No single, uh, single part was overpowering in this song. It's a good mix. Um, and th I, this was, compared to the rest of the album, this, is, this was the perfect song to close the album. This is Agreed. the last song on it. Um, and uh, it's uh, what I'm reading here that um, fans still love it. And it's what he plays as his encore. <laughs> really? <laughs> At a lot of his shows. That's cool. Um, even though I'm not sure what the song is exactly about. I've heard different meanings. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I... And I guess that's been one of my things. I don't always pay attention to lyrics, <laughs> which makes me a bad songwriter, but I don't always pay attention to lyrics. I listen to the music and I let the music build up for me. And like, just, I love the way that it just built up, man. Like the, like you said, the guitar sounds great in this song and that's arrangement, man, where it comes in. God, I just, just everything about this song is just great. Yeah. Uh, this song also has, uh, like you said, Peter Gabriel and Sting mm -hmm. on background vocals. Um, now on, which song was it? Uh, one More Night, yeah. played in 808. On this one, played in 808 and a 707. Uh-oh. And a 909. <laughs> oh. I have all those settings on my e-kit at home. <laughs> um. What do you think of this being like one of those albums to where uh, it's it's hard to say that albums that use synthesizers and drum machines sound timeless mm -hmm. or or can like really uh, they they hold up after yeah because the over technology gets years. better and then like people yeah. more maybe mostly say that about something from the set from the seventies yeah. With the 80s and 90s, maybe not so much because of all of the technology. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think of something like that to where if you hear that, like something like this, and this is a remastered version, but it yeah. still sounds, it doesn't, it's 80s, but it doesn't like, it's not so like definitively 80s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, of course. Like 80s is, yeah, you're right. 80s and 90s. Ex well, let me rephrase this. 80s and 90s pop music is the easiest to kind of pick out. Although now I feel like we're trying to imitate it. We're trying our hardest. Bruno Mars is doing his hardest imitation of New Jack Swing. And it was almost kind of hard to tell when that song came out. <laughs> and you've got a lot of artists. And it's very funny because Vox did a video on the gated drum sound 
from In the Air Tonight and how that sound is making a comeback. So I guess now you probably couldn't tell. It does sound timeless now. But like before we started stealing from the past again, yeah, it did. A lot of this music did sound definitively 80s. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. That's kind of the nature of pop music, in my opinion. Pop music takes what is most popular at the time. And pop music is always going to push technology to the technology to the limits. Hence why all of the different drum machines that you said were, you know, a little experimental at the time. Pop music music is going to push that. Famously, um, Believe by Cher. The producer had some new piece of technology that he wanted to try. And next thing you know, everyone's using autotune. And it's thanks to some dude who was just pushing the envelope a bit. So I think is what's really important to do is kind of stand back and look and understand what it was when it came out. When it came out, it was, you know, it sold a ton of records, one album of the year, and it's, you know, had a long life. Um, and that's kind of how I look at it. Just you got to appreciate it for what it was. Pop music's always going to sound dated. It's very tough. I mean, hell, even if you listen, because I was about to th- I was thinking like, oh, EDM. But go back and listen to some EDM from the 90s. <laughs> Even the early 2000s. Like, if you were to have asked me, like, I wonder if you took, like, a hardcore EDM fan who's under the age of 25, who goes to Tomorrow, Tomorrowland. Is that it? Or to Tomorrow, Tomorrow World. World. Who goes to Tomorrow like World, that. and they love all of the EDM DJs today, and played them Moby and said, do you consider this EDM? They'd probably say no. Yeah. They might, well, if they even knew what world music was, they might be like, well, porcelain sounds like world music. Like, they just, you know, sandstorm. Like, these were the EDM, <laughs> you know? Like, so it's just it's just going to change. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, it is it is what it is. Um, I could see that. I, I kind of wonder how, um, you kind of wonder if, How how people like who weren't around? I mean, we were kind of around, but we were, like, <laughs> we were babies. We, we didn't know what this was. <laughs> but what would um, wondering how people younger than us would look back at something like this, and and would they be able to, um, I guess, just kind of decipher what? I don't know, just have some kind of appreciation mm-hmm. for it and not just dismiss it because it's from a certain it's decade. Old. Yeah. Or have to hear another artist another artist do the sample song. Sample it or interpolate it or and yeah. and then at the same time saying, Oh, this is better than the original yeah. and like having no appreciation for it. And that's a and that's the key word. I think a lot of stuff, unless you're P. Diddy and then you're just, you know, shameless. I think a lot of artists, in my opinion at least, maybe you cover this or you sample it or use it in a certain capacity because there is an appreciation for the music that you want this current generation to have. Otherwise, why why feature Phil Collins in the video unless you have respect for him? Because I highly doubt like Phil Collins was like, you can use a sample if I can be in the video. He doesn't care. <laughs> they probably had respect for him. It's like, hey man, you want to be in the video? You want? We're using your song. You're still singing the hook. Would you like well, to be in the video? Well, let, let me re-record the hook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And I think it's sad. And honestly, that I think, in my opinion at least, looking at a group like Bone, they're a little more musically intelligent than they might have been given credit for because another yeah. sample they used a few years later, The Chain by Fleetwood Mac, these are not these are not hip hop or these are not traditionally places hip hop artists go to when they're trying to and not to mention that song was about what that song was about. <laughs> so like that's that was to me that's interesting. Yeah, I mean to for the um in hip hop to have an appreciation for what you're sampling. Yeah. Not just because it sounds good. Yeah. Because it 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 means something. Mm-hmm. It uh, you uh, you have an appreciation for what it is, yeah. and you know why you want to use it, and how, and you can. Um, I kind of learned this with being in theater and and being and acting is you can do really whatever you want if you can back up your reasoning for it. Mm, okay. So, um, but you, you, but you had to be in depth. You can't just say something like, "Oh, my, my character would do this." Okay, why? <laughs> would, why would? You? <laughs> <laughs> because I said so. Uh, well, uh. <laughs> well, there are people that would really do that. Yeah, they would try to say, "This is what my character would do." Oh, okay, why? You got to explain. You get. You, it has to be like, more than where that. Where in your character's motivation? <laughs> <laughs> like where does where does this come from? You got to be more in depth. It's like you're a plumber, but you're saying that your <laughs> your character plays the stock market. Where back it up, like. <laughs> and then some people would try to say, uh, "This this is this is I this has happened. This happened at West Georgia. Someone said Uh-oh. my character wouldn't say that. Why 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 wouldn't your character say that? It's in the script." Word. So there's a reason it was written <laughs> there. Yikes! <laughs> Tales from the from the theater department. <laughs> so, um. So back to this album. Uh, <laughs> studio, Susu Studio. Um, Just think, Brian. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So in the uh, apparently this was not uh, Collins is not particularly happy with this album. Uh, he said uh, in an interview with Rolling Stone that it is among his least favorite records that he had made. Really? Uh, he says at the time I wasn't being me. I've grown up a bit now and much prefer to play <laughs> songs that are me. I only play a bit part in that one. Hmm. Well, because. Invisible Touch comes out like what the year after. Like I think this is in 1985. Invisible Touch is 1986. Maybe he felt he didn't give his all because I mean, looking at like the single count from Invisible Touch, and I'm even guilty of this. You might think that some of those songs are Phil Collins songs, you know, and maybe that's maybe he felt more proud of that than he did of No Jacket Required. Um. I don't know. That's weird. I don't know why he wouldn't like this album. I mean, like, Susudio is one of his standards. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess compared to the looking at something like, well, let's go back. Let's look at Hello, I Must Be Going. What are the singles off of that? Because, uh, like, yeah, Invisible Touch has songs that, like, it like it has Into Deep, Invisible Touch. 
those are two songs that I have seen attributed to Phil Collins. Yeah. So, I mean, I wonder if, like, either one of those might have been, like, a, I wanted to put this on my album, but maybe they didn't want me to. Mike Rutherford was like, oh, we could use a single. Like, <laughs> uh, Well, with Hello, I Must Be Going, um, he had just gotten divorced. Um, one of the singles is You Can't Hurry Love, his, cur- his cover of You Can't Hurry Love, great, which was a number one single in America. Great song, too, yeah. Um, he does a cover of It's All Right by uh, the Curtis, Curtis Mayfield. Mayfield. I didn't know he did that. It's a great song. It looks like song. it was on the bonus. It was a bonus track. Um, uh, I Don't Care Anymore. So, like, his his material... um. Through these walls, don't let it let him steal your heart away. Why can't it wait till morning? Like his his material was darker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then like going back to face value in the air tonight. Behind the lines, the roof is leaking. I missed again. <laughs> like his material was darker. Yeah. Uh, and then with um with no jacket required. He's singing about, you know, a schoolgirl crush. Don't lose my number. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more night. You know, long, long way to go is probably still. It's something that probably still could have been on like face value. Yeah. Uh, but I guess because of the, the the brightness of it all, the brightness of Susudio and Take Me Home, and the the sentimentality of, you know, the softness of One More Night. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Well, the first two tracks are very perspective. Yeah, like that. The first two tracks of of that album kind of set a tone, and then you <laughs> then you get long way to go, and it's just like long long way to go. It's like oh, okay, but yeah, like the first two tracks are very upbeat tracks. This is uh, only you and I. Only you know and I know. Like this almost sounds like it could be like a Rocky montage. Rocky Four, in particular, Rocky <laughs> <Four>. <laughs> Yeah, it just has that sound. Like when I heard this, all I see was I see Apollo and Rocky running on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> like I just see them. That was what? That was three, right? Or was that four? That was three. Three. That okay. Was three. Where he's teaching him how to fight Clever Lang, <laughs> yeah. and then he forgets everything he was taught, <laughs> and just goes back to fighting with his head out there, and just. Gets the snot knocked out of him by Drago. I don't know. Yeah. Um. And this was also during, like, three of these songs. Let's see which one. Long, long way to go. Um. Uh, Take me home. And the man with the horn. Which is was that a bonus track? <clears throat> You know, I could also hear this being played with a lot more guitar if it was, like, played today. Similar to how Disturbed did Land of Confusion. I hear this being played with a lot more guitar if this is, if this comes out today. Hmm. Uh, the Man with the Horn is... Uh, it was a B-side from a single. Okay. It, it wasn't on the album, but it was a B-side to one of the singles. It was included on Miami Vice. Uh, yeah, okay. he, he was he he was a, he acted on Miami Vice. I don't know. Maybe it was just a weird time for him. I, I, I'm trying to see what where that may have come from. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't like the album. Yeah, because I think it's a track for track. It's a solid album. Yeah. I think. 
but and clearly the academy thought it because they <laughs> gave you album of the year yeah over the we are the world album <laughs> which today we just we found out existed today so <laughs> um, and no we're not going to cover that album so don't ask no. we're not going <laughs> to Mm-mm. Maybe if we did a Because Five Posse Cuts, We Are the World. Posse Cuts. <laughs> oh, man. We'd have to include the new one and everything and the, and the What's Going On cover. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Posse Cuts. I like that. That's Do We Know It's Christmas. Oh, man. I remember hearing that song as a little kid and not knowing what it was until 20 years later. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I remember this song at daycare. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, um, so we talked about what the, um, album, uh, one album of the year, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to look at what other, um, what other awards it won. Let's see here. Um, it won best pop vocal performance. Uh, let's see who it competed against. Uh, it beat the Dream of Blue Turtles. Uh, Every Time You Go Away by Paul Young. That's a good song. Uh, which I found out recently was a Hollow Notes cover. What? Yeah, that's a Hollow Notes song. What? And Ben is just fighting this out now. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> And and then looking at Paul Young's discography, he mostly did covers. Oh man! <laughs> oh snap! Uh, also, uh, the heat is on by Glenn Fry. Oh god, I, I hated eighties Glenn Fry. <laughs> I just did not like eighties Glenn Fry, man. Uh, uh, the and from the Eagles, like. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, part time lover by Stevie Wonder. Oh man. I don't think a lot of people like 80 Stevie Wonder either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see what else it won here. Um, he is, that was, well, mm. we talk about Hugh Padham winning producer of the year. Mm-hmm. That also went to Phil Collins. Yeah, because he co-produced it. Yeah. Um, and he was nominated for Do They Know It's Christmas? Who, Hugh Potter? Uh Phil Collins. Phil Co- oh, because he was on. Oh, he was yeah. on the song, um, and the no jacket required home video. Yeah, <laughs> was nominated for best short form music video. So it had the uh, videos for all the singles. That's funny. And it was sold on a VHS. Had to be people. Used to do, people <laughs> did that, man, back in the day. Uh, that's a. Hey, this was pre YouTube. Kind of had to do it that yeah. way. Um, so yeah, so he won three Grammys off of this album. Um, but do you think it? Do you think it's his best? Or I mean, it's clearly his most popular, uh, based yeah. on the sales. But is it his best? So I don't think it contains his best songs. But I think as a whole, yeah. I mean, I can't think of. Because I went into this thinking the album that had, what, Face Value. I went into this thinking Face Value was his best album. Uh, no, it just had that really great single. Um, but Seriously, is a, to me, is a close second. 
And I really think that's off of the strength of um, Another Day in Paradise, which is, you know, up there tied with, I would say, um, with Home, the studio, that's tied with, like, I, it's hard for me to decide between, to decide between those songs. I, I famously wanted, not famous, I'm not famous. I wanted to do a cover of um, <laughs> Another Day in Paradise uh, and make it, like, really cheesy. Like, it was when I was still in Sunset. I wanted to do a cover of it and, like, Hear me out. Chris was going to be dressed as a homeless man. Oh, my God. Sitting on the corner. Like, with his, yeah. He calls out to the, the Chris is the man on the corner. <laughs> and he's holding out so, to get changed. I wanted to do it so bad. <laughs> I wanted to. And then I was like, we can dedicate it to, like, I, and this just shows how greedy I am. There was some, like, uh, there was some disaster that had just happened. I was like, we can get the proceeds to that to get famous. <laughs> yeah, I love that song, if you can't tell. But yeah, I mean, I do think like pound for pound, this is probably his best. You know, not and and of course, you no know, realizing that like Invisible Touch is not a Phil Collins song. You know, no reply at all is not a Phil Collins song. <laughs> like these are not Phil Collins songs, they're Genesis songs. They were just really good, you know. Um so yeah, I I think pound for pound though this is his best one. Um, I'm trying to look at what Invisible Touch had. Invisible Touch, In Too Deep, Land of Confusion. Yeah, great song. I thought Tonight, Tonight, Tonight was a Phil Collins song. <laughs> like I'm telling you, especially everyone when you does see it. The videos, like some of these videos, and he's like he's front and center, and Genesis looks like his backing band because there's not that many of. There's only three of them. And, like, the drummer is out front, so they've got, like, it's Mike and who's the other guy who played? Mike Rutherford and... Uh, Tony Banks? Yeah, they're, like, it's just... It, Genesis is essentially a trio with a bunch of touring musicians. And looking at them playing, you could think that that is Phil Collins' backing band. It's easy to think that. But, no, those two guys are, like, founding members of Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> like, Phil Collins wasn't there first. <laughs> like... So it's just, it's funny to see. It's funny to see that. And this is, you could just easily just get it mixed up, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, when you're doing your research, if you type in like Phil Collins Invisible Touch and you don't find it. We warned you. <laughs> <laughs> Try Genesis Invisible Touch. You might find what you're looking for. And don't you dare say, oh my God. Is that the band that gave him his big break? Don't say that. <laughs> oh, good. Don't say that. Please don't. <laughs> and if there are any t-shirts at Hot Topic and you don't know who they are, don't buy that shirt. So I wonder if there's any from like the Peter Gabriel when they were like a prog art rock band. <laughs> like I'd be curious <laughs> to know if there was any, you know, because, you know, Phil Collins comes along and he's like, hey, guys, let's write songs in verse chorus form. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're, you know, one of the biggest bands in the world. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that will uh that will do it on our conversation on No Jacket Required. By Genesis. Let me stop. <laughs> by, <laughs> by, <laughs> by Genesis. <laughs> like you can tell if it's a Phil Collins album if it has his head on it. That's how you know. <laughs> yeah. If you see his face. If you don't see his face, it's Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to get to my earworm of the week, uh, this is a song 
trying to see if there's any article on it and there isn't but uh this was more this was one of the uh it's probably the best song on the album uh i i did have it as a previous earworm late night feelings by mark ronson mm-hmm. but this song uh don't leave me lonely by mark ronson featuring yeba and once i saw that name i looked at like her that's Abby backwards. Her name's probably Abby. And it is. Is Abby backwards? <laughs> wow. Uh, but Mark Ronson featuring uh Yeba. Uh, <laughs> Your name day. is Abby. <laughs> she, she, she goes by that's her stage name is Yeba. Um Yeba never do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I liked how simple the song sounds, and I think she just uh she was just amazing vocally on the song. Um, and uh, it's called Don't Leave Me Lonely. And it's Mark Ronson produced? Yeah. Oh, so it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. it, it's on It's on his album. Okay. It's on a Late Night Feelings album. <clears throat> so we're going to play that once this ad ends, because I'm playing it from YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's another British producer that has a ton of love for, what, 50s, 60s era soul. Yeah. Just loves that st- he just loves that stuff. <clears throat> and clearly 80s because of Uptown Funk. <laughs> just loves that stuff. All right, so this is Don't Leave Mark Ronson, Don't Leave Me Lonely, featuring Yeva, and we'll be right back. Baby, what's on your heart? Cause I've been wandering around in your dark I got way too many questions, always learning lessons, loving too hard. Just a second to breathe Cause you've been turning all the tables on me yeah. Whenever you would get up in your feelings I would always listen Now you turn around and leave Oh, if we fall apart Let's do it in the dark Hit me in the heart this time Don't That is Don't Leave Me Lonely 
Mark Ronson featuring Yeba. Yeba can sing. <laughs> she British too? No, she is from Arkansas. Oh! <laughs> okay, was she raised in the church? Uh, probably. Did you see the video on, on Brandon's page about why gospel artists are so talented? No. You should watch it. It's very good. It's not like a making fun of them. Like it's it's um like a fifteen minute doc made by PBS where they go to um like where, you know, gospel came from and talk to these prominent gospel artists and talk about just like the talent level and how gospel artists get that way, you know? It's very interesting. Yeah. I I mean I I mean you can see I mean we know. Yeah. <laughs> we know. We've seen it. Yeah. Synced it. I synced it. It's a it's an interesting video though. Like it's yeah, it's and it just talks about like all the extraness that like a like a keyboard player, like a piano player that got at a you know, in a church, black church, let's be honest, gospel's in black churches. Like what mm-hmm. they'll do, like he's like taking the chords and he's like talking to this this one woman through the you know, the chord progression and she's just, just like a little kid, right? Well, no, not no. This is an adult. These two, they're in a studio. Oh, okay. Because there was a video with like a little, like this kid. He's like eight or nine years old, mm-hmm. and he's he's playing the organ. Oh, but it was real? like the, I don't know what what it's what the kind of organ it is where it's like two sets of oh, okay. keys. Yeah, no, it was, it was that one, and he was, uh, but he's he's just playing like when they're doing the offering, you know, they yeah. just kind of improvise over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, basically. Uh, so he's just, um, he's playing and someone comes into him and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, could you play that? I th- it might have been after church or something like that. It's like, could you play that uh, part you just played? And mm-hmm. he just, and the kid just plays it like so <laughs> nonchalantly. And he's like, do you know how to, it's like, do you know how to solo? Or like, how do you, how do you get your feet to the pedals? Or, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that if you're that short, yeah. It was like, uh, what kind of settings do you like to use? Because it was that old school organ where you had different settings. Mm-hmm. And he just did everything so effortlessly. Like, he had been playing for like 30 years. He's eight <laughs> years old. Benjamin Button. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I mean, it's... For any, I mean, I, I, there's probably still that conversation that when we we talked about this with the Sam Cooke movie, mm-hmm. uh, playing secular music when you're yeah. raised in the church. Yeah. If you're gonna do the secular music thing, you can't come back. <laughs> you can't. You better make it. You better make it. Can't come back. Yeah. Um, there's probably still that kind of conversation, but for anybody looking to get good musicians as your backing band, and they can learn things quickly. Oh yeah. Go to the black churches. Yeah. 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 And what's funny to me is like the drummer I played with when I, I wasn't playing drums, he was playing, I was he was playing drums, I was playing guitar. We were talking about rock music, and he was like, Oh man, that's that stuff's too hard for me. I almost spit out my drink. I was like, No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know why you think it is. It's not. Like just cause I don't know if he thinks that like all rock music is like thrash, double kick stuff. I was like, this stuff's easy. I was like, you could play it in your sleep, but it's just funny. He thinks it's hard. What you're playing is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's all about confidence, but yeah. Shout out to Brandon. Hopefully, hopefully he's doing good. Yeah. Um, he's a good follow. <laughs> uh, that'll bring us to the end of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I didn't mention all that stuff about how you can find us at the beginning. 
because you can read the show description. Booyah. Um, ben, do you want to mention? I mean, it's up to you. Spotify. We're on Spotify. Yeah. That's that's enough. That's enough. That's good enough. Everyone right and their mama got Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> because they have family plans. That is why. Everyone and their mama got Spotify. <laughs> oh, man. And I found out recently um, if if you don't pay them, it stays on for like a few days. <laughs> yeah, because like I, one of my cards changed and it was like, update your card. And I just didn't do it for a few days. And like, yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, y'all really just don't care. All right. <laughs> Eventually, I updated the card, but like it was, I probably could, I probably went about five days <laughs> without paying them. No commercials. All my songs and podcasts <laughs> stayed downloaded. But every time I got on, like, hey, don't lose them. I'm like, are these empty threats? <laughs> 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 You're not gonna take it away. Just saying that. Yeah. So, but you should pay your pay your bills, people. Pay your bills. Yes. yes. <laughs> don't be like Ben. <laughs> Um, so that will bring us to the, that'll bring us to the end here. And yeah. what we'll do here is, uh, hopefully this plays correctly. Thanksgiving, the song is, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to end the show with Bone Thugs and Harmony featuring yeah! Phil Collins. Yeah. What year was this? Cause I felt like I was in Rao watching this in the basement of Rao on BET. Um, let's see. Cause I, I don't, uh. Kids, you can find out how old we are when we were in college. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we were in round two thousand three. Yep. <laughs> what year? What what month? Um, May. So right at the end. It was tail end. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing this. I remember sitting in the basement of Rao because that was the place to be. Ah, oh, I miss those days. God, I miss those days. I think that that dorm is now the, the if they haven't torn it down yet. I haven't been back there in about two three years. Yeah, it's something else now. It's like office. I, space. I know it's the public safety building, but Minority what do they do with too. the? What do they do with the rooms? Their offices. They just they're all them. offices. They convert them to offices. Yeah, it's a lot of offices. Yeah, but yeah, that's just um, office of Minority Affairs now too. Or at least it was when I went there because. Uh, Chris Jenkins' father, who was dean of the graduate school, and he would never let you forget that. Um, at that point, when I went up there, he was dean of the Min- minority affairs as well. So, Dr. Jenkins. I think he's retired now, though. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Dr. Jenkins. I don't know if he's listening, but <laughs> <laughs> shout out, man. Um, <laughs> well, so both yeah. Dr. Jenkins. They're both Dr. Oh, yeah. They're both Dr. Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. It was it was weird, like, seeing, seeing Chris at the wedding. Um Without a beeper, that's what he's done. <laughs> I needed an ER. <laughs> it was really like the last time I had seen him is right before he went to medical school. <laughs> he's like, he's finished. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm finishing up my residency, and um, told me he was in cardiothoracic, which is the heart. He's this heart surgeon. The only thing I thought it was like Grey's Anatomy. It's like those are the those are the hardcore people. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. But yeah, shout out to them both. So we're going to end this show with Home, Bone Thugs of Harmony, featuring Phil Collins. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be two months before we talk to you again. I hope not, man. But hopefully it'll be sooner than that, at least. I don't so, want to have to say Happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this will be before Thanksgiving. Yeah, this episode is before Thanksgiving. So Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, eat some turkey, man. And 
we'll hopefully see y'all before here. You'll hear from us before Christmas. Yeah. At least that. All right. So <laughs> we'll talk to y'all soon. Peace. Peace. Stuck in the struggle and I've been wondering if I'm ever gonna bubble I'm getting caught up in the tough state of using my muscle And every time I extend my heart to my mother Caught up in the game, no one back up in the hustle Sometimes I sit in the one If a nigga put my number in the wasn't for the thought of fam In this world where nobody don't give a damn But I'm still a man Got a soul program, I'ma come my fist Someday I'm ready for this And you can put this on wish I never see the abyss So when I needed a ride, you wouldn't give me a lift And I won't pop with my Christian niggas all on my dick I wanna change the world, you wanna change your life I wouldn't put up a fight if I knew it was right They say everything happened for a week can you tell me why these niggas bleeding, needing general assistance? Out here needing public housing, out here trying to make ends meet, trying to get on the feet, but see your brain so cloudy. And I know what you don't know, you better get on your mission to get down for your dough. See the real niggas ready out here taking control. See I'm screaming the mo with my pockets on swole. Please, Mr. Postman, quit bringing these bills to my house. Quit bringing this stress to my spouse, cause I'm ready for the kill on. Look out, look out. Niggas try to run up on the bone I'ma show you like this I'ma pull my crown I don't wanna have to send a nigga home Lord, please